Thanks, Jasmine. Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to see your faces, right? Um, hey, and uh, can we say good morning to our church family online as well? Hey, good morning, guys. Glad that you can join us. God bless you guys. Hey, you know, I did want to bring a, a little bit of a, a kind of info as well at what we've been doing in terms of the Maui fires. Uh, as soon as that became aware um, that there is an arm uh, within our church family called Foursquare Disaster Relief uh, who've had a lot of experience uh, traveling into places like even Ukraine and Tonga and Florida and all these places that have had disasters. Uh, and how that works is usually it's a partnering with a local church and so they'll send the team in help to assess uh, through that local churches what is its strengths and resources and how they can be boots on the ground in that place and so they've already done that uh, you know basically the day after the fire started so uh, we're partnering with some folks out in New Hope Maui and New Hope Kahului and there'll be teams that actually will be rotating through starting tomorrow so um, that's part of what that, that we're funding as soon as we understood that uh, just we as a church that when you give would you guys know that as soon as these kinds of things happen we just invest we send we send the resources right away so things can get started but again if you would like to continue to partner with us uh, we'd love for that as well um, and we'll partner with anybody who's making a difference and so uh, um, some of that stuff that we might uh, still partner with our Salvation Army and Red Cross depending on the, the kind of a situations because whoever can get the resources to people that's the ones we want to partner with right so uh, thank you for being that kind of a people um, I, I do want to change gears here we started a series uh, the other week uh, a couple weeks ago we calling reset right and because it's preparing for the new season how many of you guys know that if you were traveling anybody here travel you guys like cold places anybody here like cold places yeah well not that many I thought that more besides you know just a couple of us here I like cold places but have you ever been to a cold place and unprepared it's not so fun right I went to San Francisco once I was going on a trip and my wife said to me oh you like the cold that I, I'm gonna bring a jacket she said, oh you don't need just bring your shirt and I said okay you know and then I, I so I had a t-shirt and I had like a, a shirt and and I thought I'm all good and, and I'm there with uh, Uncle Irv and we're there for a, a convention thing and I open the door to the hotel and we step on the street and the wind goes right to me and it's like I'm immediately upset at my wife <laughs> right because I was unprepared for the new season and so it's not my wife's fault but kind of no but uh <laughs> So at least I made it that way. Uh, but, you know, the thing is that we don't want people to be unprepared for the new season. And so we talked about this aspect of embracing change. And, and there needs to be at times that we can resist change, but change happens to everybody. Uh, we, it happens in every family. It happens in every organization. It, it just happens. And so um, nothing stays the same this side of heaven. And so um, we, we need to learn how to embrace the right kind of changes and then prepare for those changes as well well and so we've been talking about that we last week we talked about at times we need a spiritual reset right that we uh that we need to kind of use this time to to further our discipleship to further our, our capacity to draw close to to um to pray uh fresh and so we started 21 days of prayer this last week and so uh if you've been encouraged by that can we just kind of hear a little bit of a thing that you've been encouraged by that 21 days of prayer team's been great it's been fun to be able to do that and, and and I love that when there's that time to pray and and I do encourage you guys that when you pray even at home can you guys pray out loud right pray out loud you know why because there's something when you can hear yourself and something that you declare uh, uh, that with your voice that I, I believe that it changes things it's not that God needs you to pray it out loud I think I need to pray it out loud for me that makes sense and so it raises my faith and so um, we, we and there's something that happens when there's a, a, a when people can pray together and so th that's been happening and this morning 
we're talking about something a little different. And, and uh, how many of you guys can ever, anybody get distracted? How many, anybody easily distracted? Okay, some of us admitting, some of us wanna raise your hand but you were distracted, you were doing something else. No, but uh, you know, I was driving uh, to the store, I went to Walmart and as I'm waiting to park the car, I see this lady totally clueless, her face in her phone and just doing this and walking right in front of the car, you know what I mean? And so you just stop and all that. And there's a part of me, like I wasn't mad because I had to stop. I was mad because I, I was thinking, I hope you don't do this like at night. You know what I mean? I hope you don't walk around with your face in the phone because to be honest, I, I'm tell, uh, when I went home, I told my wife, I told my kids that, hey, when you go to the store, I don't ever want to hear that you, you had your face in the phone and you're, you're walking through because you know what you're saying to anybody who's looking for somebody? They say, hey, Choose me because I'm distracted, right? So I tell my kids, I tell my wife, and you know, I kind of beat that drum, especially at night. Be situationally aware, right? And I'm not, you don't have to be like military guys, head on a swivel all the time and you know, like stare down people, but, but I want you to be aware, right? And then, you know, the, the thing is that I get a lot of texts too. I get a lot of phone calls too. And so about several weeks after that, I go to the gym and you know I'm, I'm getting these texts while I'm in the gym and I try not to answer while I just let me get in get out and so as soon as I I'm done I walk out I'm starting to answer these texts people need information from me they need a response from me so I'm texting back and forth but I'm still walking and the next thing I know I look at I look up and then you know what I see a car waiting for me and then I heard the voice, what are you doing on your phone? <laughs> and because uh, the thing is, I can get distracted, right? That I can become so focused on something that I'm moving forward, but I'm not really looking forward. That makes sense, right? And so I believe that the Lord is saying to us, even as a church, as a people, that you know what? You need to be able to see what's in front of you, but you don't see it when sometimes you get so focused on the immediate that we miss sometimes people, sometimes situations, sometimes um, opportunities that when your eyes are too focused on right what is before you. And so we're gonna read that together this morning. Uh, it's found in John chapter four, verse 35. Would you be kind enough to stand? Let's stand in reverence for God and his word and we'll read this together. Ready? Let's read. Do you not say they are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Now what he's talking about is not a physical harvest. He's not talking about the wheat or the rye or the barley, right? He's talking about people. But he's saying this, some of you are thinking, you know, not now, in four months, right? Not now, but, but like in the future. And you know what God is saying? Some of it's right now. There's opportunities right now. Right? And, but if you are so hyper-focused on what you're doing, sometimes you can't see. Because how many of us were thinking about Lahaina before Tuesday or Monday night? Probably not many of us. But you know what? There's some people, even today, that if they don't look up, they're oblivious to what's happening. They're oblivious to the thousands of people whose lives have been affected, right? So this is what God is saying. You gotta lift up your eyes at times. See, not just simply what's going on in front of you, but see what I'm doing. That's what he's saying, right? That we need to see what God is doing. God is doing in other people's lives, what God is doing in your life, and opportunities that lie behind you. So before you're seated, do me a favor and turn to your neighbor and says, you can lift up your eyes, and then you can have a seat. Right. Right. You can lift up your eyes. Some of you just got to wake up. So that's, that's the whole, you got to just open your eyes. But um, so there's coffee for that. But uh, hey, in our, in our series, what we'll see uh, in our message this morning, I think what we'll see is how really Jesus can see the, the people around him. Now, Jesus, um, sometimes I think if we read the Bible or we watch, you know, like some movie about Jesus, uh, to be honest, I, I cannot really speak about the Chosen series. I know it's a very popular series. I'll just confess, I haven't seen it. So I know that some of you are like, oh, you a pastor? Yes, I am. So, but I, uh, sometimes I, when I watch stuff like that, I, I'm a little bit like, I'm, I'm thinking like, really? Is it that? I, I didn't see that in the thing. Sometimes it kind of spoils that. But um, 
But here's the thing is that Jesus was busy. Now, sometimes you think it looks like he's just walking around talking story. Oh, I want to go fishing. He goes fishing today, right? He wants to go, you know, go in the village. He feels like, oh, I'm going to heal some people today. But that's not how it was, right? The scripture tells us, it, we, it shows us periods where it says that they were so busy, they didn't even have time for lunch, right? They didn't have even time for dinner. Not just Jesus, but the disciples. So Jesus is busy, but amazingly, no matter how busy he is, he's on the way, a woman tugs on his, his coat, right? Tugs on his, his tunic and she's healed and he stops everything, right? And, and it's, he's surrounded. He's on his way to go to this leader's house because he has a sick daughter. Now, but Jesus stops in the middle. Now, the daughter dies in the, in the meantime, but you know what he does? He raises her up. So even when Jesus takes the time to be with someone, he doesn't ignore other people, right? So sometimes, you know what happens? That you're praying for something and somebody else has like a, a miraculous intervention, right? Sometimes it's a physical thing. Sometimes it's a financial thing. And you guys ever pray, but what about me, Lord, right? Can we just say that God doesn't run out of power, right? Because he healed somebody or provided for somebody. So don't worry, just say, hey, would you just say God has enough for me, right? That God has enough for me, right? And so we understand this. So he's moving in these situations and, and I, what I want us to see is that how Jesus sees people. I want us to see how Jesus sees people because sometimes I think we look through people, sometimes we look past people, uh, sometimes we see people but what we see and what we focus on I don't think is what God wants us to focus on. And so we see this um, played out in Luke chapter 19 and Jesus is actually on his way to Jerusalem. And this is gonna be the culmination uh, toward the book of, the, the ending in the book of Luke where Jesus is in Jerusalem, it's the Passion Week, he has all these interactions, uh, cleanses the temple, do all, does all that, and then goes to the cross. And so he's in the final stretch and he's making his way to Jerusalem. And it says this in Luke 19, verse one. He says, so Jesus entered Jericho, right, and made his way through the town. And there was a man there named what? Zacchaeus. And he was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. Now, we've talked about tax collectors before, Matthew, and uh, to be honest, in, in Zacchaeus as well, but uh, how tax collectors worked were they were sanctioned by the government to collect tax for the government, but this is how they made a living, that whatever they charge over, they kept. So guess what? They charged a lot, right? And they became very welcome. They were probably the guys with the highest bank, you know, uh, they, they were the high rollers in, in the town generally. And they were normally known as just kind of guys who like the partiers, right? They're just the excessive guys and who felt no qualms about taking what's belonged to somebody else to enrich themselves, right? So this was legal thievery. And so we see this, that he sees, this is the guy that he sees who had become very rich. And number three, verse three says this, and that he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Now, why did, why did Zacchaeus, who had everything materially he could have wanted, who was wealthy, who had ease, who had comfort, um, who could, you know, throw a party and invite people and they would come because that was the, the happening place to be. But something was missing, right? That something was missing. And so he's looking for Jesus. But he can't. He's a short dude, right? I understand. So then he says this. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore fig tree beside the road. So he, he, he looks at the path Jesus is taking, runs the other way, cuts across, right? And he climbs a tree to see Jesus. And this is the person who is known as a wild man, who's known as a thief, who's despised by many, and mired in sin and all of these things. And this is the people that Jesus sees. Jesus sees people like this. Why is that? Because he just sees people as people. If we wanna see like Jesus sees, I think we just see people as people. And you know, as, as horrible as what's happening in Maui is right now, can, can we kinda assume a few things 
and I'm, I'm guessing this, uh, that right now people don't care if you're Republican or Democrat in Maui, right? People don't care if you're single or you're married. People don't care if you, you know, black, white, Asian, Polynesian, right? They don't care. You're just a person, right? You lost your home. Nobody cares. You're gay, you're straight, whatever, right? You're just, it's just a person. It's just a person who's in need, just a person who suffered loss. And, and I love the fact that, that whenever the gospel goes forward, we don't really care where people are, right? We, we just know that that person is valuable. He just, we can just see people as people. But some of us, to be honest, I think we get, we like people, but we get drained by people. You guys know what I mean? There's some of us that, that you go to work or you, you, know, you go to school or wherever you're at, and maybe even you go to social things, and it's not that you don't like it. You, know, you go to a small group or you go to a, a, a party or, or something like that, and you enjoy the people, but that when you go home, you're like, <sighs> right? You feel drained, right? If that's you, right? If that's you, it's not, we know it's not because you don't have social skill or whatever it is, but it's that it's, it's, you're recharged by being alone. And that's called an introvert, okay? An introvert is not a personality. It's, it's just the way that you are, are drained or energized. Some of us, that you love being around people. Why? Because it gives you energy, right? So anybody here like that? Anybody here like you get energized by people? Yeah, okay, I, I kind of guessed, Cindy. No, but, uh, but that, that you, you get energized by people. And it doesn't mean that you're always the life of the party or that you know, you're the lampshade kind of a thing, but you, you just like being around it. Sometimes those people can be relatively quiet, but they just like being around other people. And, and sometimes that's why we get the coffee shop kind of uh, syndrome, right? That people want to be alone together, right? You know what I mean? Like you, you want to do your thing, but you want to be in a place where there's other people because you get energized by that, right? So some of us that you're introverted, some of you, you're extroverted, but here it doesn't matter. Now it, it's not a function of how, if you're introvert or an extrovert, you can see people as people. And that for what Jesus is saying, that every person matters, right? Every person matters, whether they have a good season right now, they're in the top of their game, right? Because to be honest, Zacchaeus, he, from all intents and purposes on the outside, he needs nothing and he needs no one. But Jesus sees him. And the other thing is, not Jesus doesn't just see him, he wants him. He's calling him. And we'll see that in a second here. But... But every, because it's every person matters. And, and the, in the middle of that, we'll, we'll see what happens here. But sometimes I think we, we need people. How many of you guys know you need people? You just need people, right, in your life, right? But sometimes we, we wanna treat everybody as if they matter, but sometimes we're gonna grade how much, they, how much we value them. Because if you go to the restaurant and you go to eat, and they give you good service, you give probably a good tip, right? Right? But have you guys ever gone and it just seems like they're doing you a favor by, by eating in their restaurant and it's like, you know, they just like sloppy, they don't bring you stuff, they forget to come by, never fill your water glass or whatever, they don't bring your, your order. You guys ever been in that place? And when a tip time comes, what do you do? You just walk away? No, it's kidding. I don't know what you do, but like, but we, right? We have to grade that, right? So you probably don't tip as well. We understand that. I understand how how that goes, but it's sort of like, um, and that's a work thing, right? That's a service thing. But uh, it reminds me that when I, I went to this uh, bathroom and there was a soap dispenser, you guys are gonna put your hand under the soap dispenser and the soap doesn't come out, and so you're trying to figure around like. Like, what does you got to do? You know, come genie, open up or whatever the case, right? And it's like slow. Sometimes I'm like, what the thing is, what's wrong with this? It's so slow. And then I realize, oh, you got to push this one. You gotta, like, and I feel like ridiculous. Somebody walking by, like, look at that idiot. You got to push, right? Uh, and so some of us, you know what? We, we, we come to the place when people don't do what you want, you push them to, right? That we push people. And, but here's the thing. People are not just dispensers of goods and services, right? We do, we know who can meet, you know, sometimes our need, who gives us what we want, who, who does different things, but I love the fact that Jesus sees people when, and, and so from 
all appearances, they could do nothing for him. He just loves them because he loves people. And, and that's what he's saying. Just would you just care for about people, see people, not because of what they can give you, but that's just because they're a person, right? Turn to your neighbor and says, all people matter. Right, right? All people matter to, to, to Jesus. And so we see this aspect. And, uh, and so where is Zacchaeus at this point? He's in the tree, right? He's in the tree. Now, I always envisioned in my mind, you guys ever envision, I encourage you, envision the stuff that you're reading when you read the Bible. And I, I have no idea what a sycamore tree is. I'm sure I've seen them. I've been to the mainland uh, uh, so many times, but I don't walk around and say, can you explain to me what kind of trees those are? I don't normally do that. So, but in my mind, I always kind of envisioned, you know, him in the, like a, the crook of a tree, right? And seeing just so he can see. But then I've read these commentators say that, to be honest, it's possible that Zacchaeus was hiding as well in the tree. In other words, he wanted to see Jesus, but he didn't want to be seen seeing Jesus. Why? Because, one, he's wealthy. One, he's not known to be a spiritual person, right? The other thing is, this is what a sycamore tree looks like. Let's take a look at what a sycamore tree looks like. So that's a sycamore tree. This tree is actually in the city of Jericho. It's called the Zacchaeus tree. And, and they don't know if this is exactly the tree that Zacchaeus was in, but it's over 2,000 years old, so it possibly could have been the tree that he was in. And it's at the, it's at the crossroads of, of two streets. And so, you know, it's very conceivable that sitting in that tree, he wouldn't be seen, right? And there are people at times that they're looking for Jesus, they just don't want to be seen looking for Jesus. Some of you are at home online right now, right? But uh, some of us that before you come to a physical service, what do you do? You, you watch online, right? Because, you know, you, you just, you, you're looking, but you, you don't necessarily want to be seen. But Jesus sees the people at times that they don't even want to be seen, right? Because he knows them. In uh, the next verse, in verse 5, this is what it says. And so when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Does it ever say that they said his name? No. You know, Jesus knows your name before you say your name. Jesus knows your name before you say your name. I remember when my friend uh, from college, and we were all like total pagans together, and, uh, and he knew I had become a believer and, and I was serving in, a, in ministry full time. He wanted to come because he recently, he had just found Jesus. And, uh, and he came, and so he, he came in our meeting, and at the end he wanted to pray. And I say, hey, let's pray, guys. And so we pray, and, and my, my friend, his name is Gary, and, and so we're praying. He said, and we all prayed, and then, and then Gary prayed, and this is how he prayed. He said, Jesus, this is Gary, you know? And um, I almost laughed, right? Because, Gary, I think he knows who you are, right? But he gave the most simple and heartfelt prayer that at the end, most of us in the circle that we had tears in his in our eyes because we could feel the purity of the prayer right but i'm so glad that you don't have to say your name he knows your name he knows you isn't that good right man i'm so glad that when i when I was a million miles away he knew me and when zacchaeus was a million miles away maybe not physically but just the way he was living he was a million miles away Jesus doesn't say, excuse me, what's your name? He says, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down, he says. Come down quickly because I must be a guest in your home today. And so Jesus is not shame. He said, I'm going to make house. I go in your house, in fact, right? What if I met you today and says, hey, thanks for coming today. I'm going to your house for lunch. You think, well, who is this guy, right? But Jesus is welcomed into the home because Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus. That's why he was looking for you. He had heard about people whose lives had been changed. He had heard about the words that he had said. He wasn't willing yet, at, at ready to be identified as that, but he went, he, he was ready to go, right? And so Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus then quickly climbed down, it says in verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house 
and in great joy and excitement, right? But the people were displeased. So Zacchaeus was happy that Jesus came, but not everybody was happy. Why? Because they said he has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumble. Now, they, they understood that maybe if you're on the short end of Zacchaeus' business dealings, you know, you're not that happy, right? Maybe if, you know, that you are saving up for something, the tax man comes and he says, I'm sorry, it's all mine, right? And, and you see how well he's living and you see how hard you're living. It's easy to be resentful. We can understand that. And when you see the, the craziness of his lifestyle, you said, man, that guy's a sinner. We understand that. But, but did Jesus know that? Yeah, he knew it when he called him. But he decided, he decided to look past his faults and see, see him in, on the inside, right? He, he knew how to do that. And so if we wanna see Jesus, we wanna see people like how Jesus sees people, sometimes you gotta choose to look past their faults and their sins to see their value. You see, everybody's made in the image of God. It's just that sometimes we get covered over by sin. Sometimes we get covered over by addiction. Sometimes we get covered over by a, a rough exterior. Sometimes we get covered over by bad attitude, right? Or harsh words. We get covered over by the fact that we're so focused on our, our, on our goal that nobody else matters to us. And so... Sometimes that's what happens. It gets covered over, but this is the good news is that God can see through that and he's asking us, would you see past people's weirdness and their faults and, and the stresses and the strains of their life that, that sometimes we need to just see past that? Because, you know, everybody's just, everybody wants to be loved. Everybody has fears, right? Everybody struggles with something. Everybody has it has, has something that they're, they're hoping for in the future. Everybody's the same. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Right? I don't care who you are, right? Everybody here, right? You want to be loved. You want your life to count. And so you know what? On the street, it's the same. Your neighbors are the same. The people you go to school with are the same. Everybody has fears. Everybody has worries, right? Everybody has trouble. It just looks like at times that they don't, right? Everybody's the same. There's like, everybody has somebody that they're concerned about. And so this is what he's saying. He said, would you see past at times their faults and see past, you know, the things that kind of get in the way to so that you can see their value. They're still made in the image of God. And because of that, there's inherent value. I think some of the problem that we have uh, is sometimes we, we think that we should treat everybody the same. And you're not supposed to treat everybody the same. And for some people that sounds heretical, I understand that when I say that. But, but I think we should love people with the love of Jesus, but you don't treat everybody the same. Because if your spouse or your kids call you, your parents call you, and they say, you know what, the car broke, I need $1,000, can you lend me $1,000? If you have the money, what you're gonna do? You're gonna lend them the money. If some strange guy on the street says, my car is broken, I need $1,000, can you lend me $1,000? I hope you don't lend them $1,000, right? Unless you're just independently wealthy and you can just do that. Why is that? Because you don't know that person, right? That you, they might need compassion, right? Maybe you can offer them a ride. Maybe you can call, you know, the tow truck. But you shouldn't give them that. Why? Because I, I used to have this um, philosophy, I'm going to give to everybody who asks me. And then I moved to L.A. <laughs> and every place I went, somebody was asking and i just couldn't give anymore i was giving every time i went to 7-eleven every time i filled gas every time i went to fast food somebody's asking and then i realized i will not survive if i and then i, I started to realize you know what everybody needs respect and need to be treated with honor but you don't treat everybody the same right to be honest you should give more to those who are closer to you right? Because that's your, your sphere of responsibility. 
I'm not responsible for every person. You're not responsible for every person. We're responsible to people in some sense. That makes sense? Because if we don't know that, we're going to start resenting people, right? We're going to start resenting people. And so the scripture says this, you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. I read an, art, uh, I read an article this morning about like what's happening in Lahaina. In a, in, in the, they had a quote that said, this guy said, you know, with all, everything that's happened, I'm losing my faith. Does that guy need a lecture? about how God is faithful like, and you shouldn't feel this way. No, he, he needs mercy. He lost everything, right? Sometimes you cry with those who cry. We grieve with those who grieve. And, and so he says, show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. What is it? Say the next one. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Hey, there's some people headed to hell and they're going happily, Right? They just don't even know it. And, and so, hey, some of those guys, we, we have to steer them in a, in a different direction. He says, others show mercy still to others, but do so with great caution. Be careful how close you bring them to you. There's some people you need to love with a little bit of distance, whether that distance is emotional distance, whether that distance is kind of trust situations, because some of you are thinking, Okay, there, I have people in my life who are so painful to me. And I'm supposed to look past their sins and their faults. This is where Jesus is saying that you can have mercy for them, but you can have a little bit of distance. Because if you give them this information, they stab you with it. Right? If you give them an opportunity, then they'll take advantage of that over you. Sometimes you love people you need to love people, but with a little bit of caution. That's what he's saying, right? Because you don't treat everybody the same. And so he says this, because why? It's gonna contaminate you. And so that makes sense, right? That's what the scripture's saying. But here's the other part, I think, that what Jesus did. Why did he call Zacchaeus? Because he didn't just see Zacchaeus as he was, he saw him as he could be. And what, what, what happens? What does he, he do? It says later, after he comes down from the tree, it says Zacchaeus uh, came down from the tree and says, um, oh, and meanwhile Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And the Lord, if I have cheated, that's not an if though. We know he has cheated here. And if the people I've cheated on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. And you know the thing is that no one would have guessed that Zacchaeus, his response to Jesus would be this big of a turnaround, except to Jesus, right? God, there's, there's some people that you'll meet and they go like, hey, what are you doing now? They say, oh, I'm going to church now. There's some people in your life, anybody's like, what, you? You guys ever get that? <laughs> I can't believe you're going to church now, right? Why? Because they couldn't envision it. But you know who could envision it? God could envision it, right? Because he sees the you that you are now, but he also sees the you that you can be. And that God is always in the habit of calling out the best in someone, not after it happens, but before it happens. So in Simon Peter was a fisherman putting his mouth, you know, foot in his mouth all the time. His name was Simon, and this is what Jesus says. I, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to call you Peter from now comes from the Greek word petros, which means stone or rock. It, maybe for all intents and purposes, we could call him Rocky. You, people call you Simon, but you're a Rocky. Right? You're, you're, there's something in you that's durable, that's tough, that's strong. And in fact, people are gonna depend on that. And Peter was probably thinking, okay, I don't know what this guy's talking about, right? Has anybody ever called out something in you? Have you ever been in a point in your career? You ever been in a point in your life that somebody says this, hey, you know, I know you're doing this, but have you ever considered something bigger, something higher? And you just said this, no, there's no way. No, that's not, I, I don't think I could do that. 
But they said, hey, let me just say this. I know it's tough right now, but if you're willing to make this shift a little bit, you know what? Doors are going to open. Anybody been in that place? People called out the best in you. There have been times that when I, I came, I wanted to make a difference with my life. I wanted to serve, but you know what? When I walked in church, this is what I thought. That place is filled with goody goodies, and I'm not one of them. Literally, that's just what, that's the thought that I had in my mind. But you know what? Somebody said this, I see something in you. I see your heart for God. I see that you care about people. And you know what? They just open doors because they believe something in me. And so if we want to see people like how Jesus sees people, don't just see them as they are. See them as they can be, right? See them as they can be because everybody wants to be encouraged. Everybody wants to be believed in. Everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody. And sometimes people who are stuck in very um, dysfunctional cycles, they know they messed up. They know they've kind of blown it. And you know what? Sometimes they, this is what they're thinking. Sometimes they're thinking, I got to pay for it. But aren't you glad that Jesus paid for it, right? Sometimes this is what they're thinking. It's so painful for me to think about what I've blown that I just numb myself. I numb myself with activity. I numb myself with this substance. I numb myself with this, you know, just doing the phone thing, whatever it is. There's people that they're that way. They're stuck. Everybody gets stuck from time to time. You guys agree? Right? Everybody gets stuck at some time. But sometimes what they need is not for us to rehearse their sin. Now, if you're a parent, sometimes we, we have a hard time to forget. Right? You guys ever like, hey, you said that if we get a dog, you would take care of it, right? But look who's taking care of it now, right? It's like, sometimes it's like, hey, we want to do this thing. Mom, dad, can we do this thing? It's like, hey, when was the last time? Remember when we let you go out and then you blew the thing? And you guys know what I'm talking about as parents, right? So some of you right now, you're thinking, yeah, dad, yeah, mom, right? But here's the thing. It's that for us to believe as people as can be, sometimes it starts by let's stop rehearsing their sins and their failures, I have heard people say, you know what, the reason why I don't go to my family parties is because every time I go, somebody's going to bring up whatever, right? And it's usually in a joking fashion. It's usually after there's been a few drinks around the table, and, and there's this part where they go like, hey, remember when you did that like, stupid thing, and, right? And so they don't want to go. Why? Because they always bring up the past, and they always bring up what? The unflattering past, right? But here's the thing. Can we bring up people's future? Can we bring up the fact that God is a God of hope? That, you know what? Hey, I know it's tough right now, but believe me, God has better things in store for you, right? Hey, you know what? I know that right now it's a little challenging, but you made a great point when you said this. Right? Everybody wants to be recognized. Can, can we just say, hey, I know right now it's not where you, where you want it to be, but you know, I know that God has more that when you just got to keep trusting him, but there's going to be a breakthrough. Why? Because we've probably experienced that, right? I think most of us here have experienced that. See people as they can be. And you know, the thing is that when they encounter Jesus, then all things become possible. When they surrender to him, then the sky's the limit. And so we see him change immediately. Now Jesus says this at the end of that. At the end of that, he says in Luke 19.10, let's read what it says. For the Son of Man came to what? Seek and save those who are lost. Jesus didn't come to earth because everybody was good. He came to earth because everybody was not good, right? And so he says what? He left the comfort of heaven where he got all honor and praise and glory and, and he walked the dusty and dirty roads and went to little towns like Jericho and went to cities and, you know, where people didn't know he was and he wasn't honored and worshiped. Why? Because he had a higher purpose 
and he had a mission. He says, Jesus would rather die on the cross, go to live in some small, dusty, and dirty town, be mocked and beaten and crucified rather than for people to go to hell. That's what he's saying, right? That's why I came. I came to look for people like Zacchaeus. I came to seek them and save them. That's why we're here, because God didn't leave us, right? And so, do you know your purpose and mission? If you wanna see people the way Jesus sees people, that's great, there's all these wonderful things, but then he says this, but know your purpose and mission. Because Jesus' purpose and mission ought to be ours as his followers, right? We ought to be seeking to expand God's kingdom. We ought to be able to see the best in people. We ought to believe the best in people, and we ought to go where people are, right? This has been, again, a great location, grateful for it in the midst of the pandemic. This has saved us, really, this location. God has used this. But we want to reset, right? We want to reset, go back to where there's more people, right? Where, go, place where there's better parking, a place where there's a bigger uh, meeting space, better air conditioning. <laughs> but, uh, so we're going to reset in Kapolei. And so even as a church, that we want to be in the place that, that people are more easily able to find us. If you guys found us right now, we just want to say, you guys, you guys great at Google, right? <laughs> you guys great at, at, at finding uh, a map or figuring out how to get here on a bus or figuring out how to get here from your car. We know that because this is not the easiest place. Yeah, you know, how many road signs do we have our, right out here? You got to really want to find us, to be honest, if you're coming here, right? And so we, we're moving because we want to be more visible, because we want to be in a better place. Why? Because for us, no. Because there's a world out there that needs to be found. Jesus came for them, and he's saying, would you be my hands and feet? This is what it says in Romans 10, verses 14 and 15. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless what? Someone tells them. I'm someone. Are you someone? Right? Can you tell somebody about Jesus? Can you invite somebody? Can you encourage somebody? Can you see past someone's faults and failures? Right? We want to learn how to do that. And this is what he says. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And that is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. If you tell people about Jesus, God says this, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Because beauty is not a physical thing. Beauty is a soul thing. And, and that when we see that, he says, you know what, then, then you're accomplishing my mission. You're stepping into the purpose in which you're created. I think everybody knows somebody right now that, and you might, it might be you, but that nobody, nobody saw their potential. Everybody thought he's a lost cause. And, and it was until they turned their life around. We, we have people who've been in prison, who've, who've lost everything, but I'm glad that Jesus saw their value and that somebody saw their value. Somebody went to, somebody went to prison and did a prison ministry. And that's why we're, we're going to, to you challenge in, in a couple weeks to, to say that, hey, these guys that maybe they're in a different kind of a learning environment because they couldn't, they didn't thrive in the conventional learning environment. So they're going to a different learning environment. And you know what we're saying? Is we see your value. That we see that God has a great future and a plan. You know, one of our friends, um, he helps us start the New Hope Jiu-Jitsu ministry. And, and, uh, and he's very successful in business, right? A manager in a car dealership. So if I need, I need a Toyota and I'm willing to buy a brand new one, I'm gonna see him, right? But, uh, but you know, a long time ago, he was, 
He was in Youth Challenge because he thought he was all that. Because he was struggling with different substances and he, he was getting in fights and he was crazy and he was doing all that stuff. And so he went to Youth Challenge. And, and uh, he tells me, it was just funny when he was telling us stories about when he was in Youth Challenge. But um, after that, he went into the military. He gave himself to Jesus. And, and he started to change, right? And he was also into jujitsu, and he just was, he trains like a crazy man. But, but when the opportunity came, he, they wanted to start. So he, Justin and Shane asked, Pastor Glenn, can we meet with you? I go, yeah, no problem. He said, we want to start a jujitsu ministry. And I said, wait, so how does that work? We're just going to choke each other out for Jesus. Is that what, he said, no, 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 no. He said, you know, we'll, we'll have a, a, like a devotion time. We'll, we'll share about the word. We'll pray for one another. And then uh, encourage one another so anybody can come because people are interested, right? They want to learn. And I don't know if you guys know, but it's not cheap to go take jujitsu on the, on the outside. And so, but hey, we'll do it. We'll either do it for free or we'll do it for the minimum. I said, okay, no problem. And so that's been going for a while now. Now we restarted again. But you know why that is? Because somebody saw the value in Justin. Somebody saw the value in Shane. And you know what? They see the value in other people. People have come into that place. I, I've, led, I've led a bunch of guys to, to Jesus who just come for jujitsu. But you know what they got in the meantime? They got Jesus in the meantime. And so can we be that kind of a people? That's what he's saying. We got to look around us because there's people all around you that God is touching and God wants to bring them. And you and I, we get the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That makes sense? That's what he's saying. Let's take a look because I can get caught up in my life and I can get caught up in all the things that I have on my plate. And I'm sure you can too. But he just says this, just lift up your eyes. Let's bow our heads, we'll close on a word of prayer. Father, right now I thank you that, that Lord, whatever that you have going on right now, whatever you have going on in your life, would you just say, God, I, I wanna entrust these things to you. If you got a lot on your plate right now, would you just entrust that to God today? God, I'm not, I'm not entrusting this to you because it doesn't matter. I'm entrusting it to you because it's the, some of the most important things in my life. But I also thank you that, that I need to be able to lift my eyes and see people around me. There's some of you that there are people in your life right now that they're around you, but they feel invisible. And sometimes they live in your house. And sometimes they're your neighbor. And sometimes they're your coworker. But but they feel invisible. Would you see them? Because they have value too, right? And some of them, you need to call today. Some of them you need to encourage today. Some of them you need to text today. Some of them you just need to drop by, say, just thinking about you. Father, would you bring those people to our mind? But Father, we also live in a community where people are dying to be seen. And sometimes we do crazy things and social media and do all the things to be seen because they, they just, they don't really know their value. But we thank you that you know their value and you see past all the external stuff. And Lord, that help us to see, we're asking you, Lord, would you open our eyes so we can see people? We are willing to lift up our eyes. Thank you. Would you see through me today? And would you see people, Lord, with my eyes and so that I might speak life and I might be an encourager and I might be a person who can see past their problems because you, you saw mine. You saw me. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. With our heads still bowed and eyes closed as well. And some of you, you've never said yes to Jesus for yourself. And you know, Maybe today's your day. We don't want to talk about how God can receive people and change people and forgive people, but I'm giving you an opportunity, right? Um, it's like saying, hey, this is a great meal, but you're not eating any of it. <laughs> God wants you to have it. God wants you to have it all, right? I do want to say this one thing, though. I saw on one of the news things 
and I hope this guy is found, of a woman who said when the fires were coming in Maui, she told her dad, Dad, we have to evacuate. We got to go now. And he said, no. And so she left. And, and she said, I haven't seen him since. And I hope he's been found. I hope he's, he changed his mind. This is what she said. I hope he changes his mind. There's some of you right now, there's people in your life that you said, I don't need Jesus, I don't want Jesus, and this is what they're saying. I hope he changes his mind. Because although we say it's never too late, the reality is one day it can be too late, right? So would you take God's hand today? Maybe today's your day, right? Because you never know. You never know. Like nobody envisioned what happened in Maui for 93 people. Nobody envisioned it. Don't let that be you. So we're going to pray a real simple prayer today. If that's you, would you join me? Dear God, thank you that you know me. Thank you that you care about me. Thank you that you see past all my sins and my failures. You see them, but you see more than that. So today I ask would you come live inside me today? I confess I need you. Lord, I turn away from what I know is wrong and I want to trust in you. Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Would you forgive me of my sin? And would you lead me in the way that you want me to go? Lord, I want to know you more. I want to hear your voice and know your will in your way. Open up your word to me that I might grow. Lord, bring people in my life that can help me to journey in this walk of faith. And Father, would you help me to change like Zacchaeus, bit by bit, till I look more and more like you. I pray this right now in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we say congratulations to those folks? Hey, God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us this weekend. Thank you for tuning in to the New Hope Kapolei Messages podcast. We hope you enjoyed this weekend's message and that it brought you inspiration and encouragement in your journey of faith. If you'd like to listen to more messages or stay connected with us, visit our website at newhopekapolei.org or follow us on social media. Remember, no matter where you are in life, there is always hope and a new beginning in Christ. So let's continue to grow and learn together as we pursue a life of purpose and impact. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Aloha and God bless.